More than 20% of people in faith communities are survivors of childhood sexual abuse. But sadly, churches are often the last place a victim of abuse can find help and healing. I'm Kelly Downing, and my dream is a church where survivors like me and so many others can feel safe, be heard, and find healing. Until that happens, this is Survivor Sanctuary, a podcast for survivors of sexual abuse who are navigating the road to healing and for anyone who wants to be a part of the major heart renovation the church needs so that our faith communities can truly become sanctuaries for survivors. Welcome to episode 114 of Survivor Sanctuary. This is Kelly, your host, and thank you so much, as always, for joining me for another episode of the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about something that's been in the news recently involving a couple of TV slash movie stars, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Um, We're not specifically just going to be talking about those two. I am going to get into the story and kind of use them as an example, really, of something that survivors go through all the time. It's something that we talk about on the podcast. It's something that happens with survivors that you hear from all over the U.S., all over the world. It is completely re-traumatizing. In a lot of cases, it's more traumatic than the abuse itself to have somebody stand up for your abuser, to have somebody defend your abuser, and especially when they go to defend your abuser in the courtroom and send the letters that we're going to be talking about, character letters, which are basically just letters that you write to a judge who's getting ready to sentence someone who's been convicted of a crime. And you write those letters kind of pleading with a judge for leniency is typically why they're written. The person's already been convicted. In most cases, the letters to the judge are just saying, hey, this person's been convicted. As you're getting ready to hand down your sentence of this person, here are all the reasons why we think this person is actually great and is not likely to reoffend or is insert whatever it is that people say to try and get leniency for the person they're writing the character letter on behalf of. I don't have to tell survivors of sexual abuse how traumatizing these letters are, not just the letters, but the support in general for a person who has basically destroyed your life and you have been dealing with, say, a a situation where you were assaulted or you were sexually abused maybe as a child like I was, and then you come forward, it's terrifying because you know this is a person That is typically, I mean, for people who are speaking out about sexual abuse within the church or speaking out about someone who is a prominent figure in in the media, in film, in whatever area of life they happen to be popular in, but you know that it's going to be hard speaking out against a person who is beloved by so many people. And that makes allegations of sexual abuse and sexual assault, and in the case of Danny Masterson, rape even more terrifying when you think about coming forward. And so I just want to say off the bat that this is one of the reasons that survivors find it so difficult to speak up, even if it's never overtly been said to you, even if no one has ever said to your face or whispered in your ear, hey, listen, if you speak out about this person, everybody loves this guy so much, 
or everybody loves this woman so much. If you talk bad about them, it's really going to be difficult for you because there's no way that people are going to accept that this person who's done such good in the world and who's such a great person and a great role model, et cetera, et cetera, there's no way that they're going to believe you over this person who's done so many great things. If you've been sexually abused by someone in a church setting, um, maybe by a pastor or a youth pastor, a missionary, a deacon, a Sunday school teacher, in so many of our cases, the people who committed the sexual abuse or the sexual assault were people who were extremely popular, extremely well-liked, extremely well-trusted in the church environment. But we didn't need anybody to tell us when we were kids or when the assault first happened, we didn't need for the perpetrator to say, hey, nobody's going to believe you if you tell on me. We didn't need that because I think that it's something that just you instinctively know. I instinctively knew that I couldn't just go tell somebody what this person had done to me. And part of that was as a child, you tend to think of it as your own fault that you somehow caused this issue. And that can complicate matters. But even as an adult, I knew I was never going to tell anyone the identity of my perpetrator, except for maybe close family and super close friends, because there's no way that it would get back to that person or anybody that knew him. Like he lived halfway across the world and I'm speaking about my own story. But to me, it was just a given. I'm not going to tell anybody because it's going to be really hard. And I fully expected when I realized that I needed to speak up to prevent this from happening to other people, to protect other kids that he had access to, I knew that it was going to be really difficult for people to accept this from me. And I fully expected to be ostracized. I fully expected for people to delete me as a friend on social media. I fully... and. This is because I had been doing a lot of research in the world of sexual abuse and sexual abuse advocacy, and this just seemed to be the norm. I'd read so many horror stories that I just expected this when I came forward, but I knew if I don't say anything, then this guy's going to keep sexually abusing children and ruining lives. He's probably doing it as we speak. Like that was my thought process that I needed to tell so that he would be stopped. But that didn't keep me from knowing and understanding the reality that people were not going to like me if I spoke out against someone who was loved and admired and trusted within the church. And this is something that victims of sexual abuse face over and over again. It's just something that I think is considered like a norm. If somebody tells their story and says, no, everybody was great. They were all on my side. That's basically unheard of. That's not something that we experience a lot. If that was your experience, count your blessings, I guess, because it's not the experience for the vast majority of people. And I tell you that to say that these character letters that people write to judges, this is something that happens in so many church settings and religious institution settings and with pastors and preachers and teachers and especially if they're famous or they have any kind of clout in the community and basically when it comes to church leaders who sexually abuse people there's an entire congregation of folks who benefit from not believing any of the allegations against this quote man of god unquote 
So before I get into more about these character letters in a general sense and why they're so difficult for survivors of sexual abuse, I mean, some of the reasons are pretty obvious. And if you've ever experienced someone writing one of these character letters for your perpetrator, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. But in the news, if you've been following this story at all, and I kind of have been not not necessarily closely following it, but Danny Masterson, who was on that 70s show, you may remember, He was found guilty earlier this year of drugging and sexually assaulting two women between 2001 and 2003. And these women were part of the Church of Scientology, just in case you thought that this didn't have anything to do with the church. Apparently, Danny Masterson was a prominent or is a prominent Scientologist, and there are claims by these women that the Church of Scientology silenced their accusations, tried to keep everything hush-hush, and I mean, it's a different religion than the one we're typically talking about here on Survivor Sanctuary, but same exact song and dance. You know, the church has allegedly attempted to cover up the sexual sins of somebody famous. I mean, it's not something that we don't deal with very often within the church and on this podcast. So the controversy includes Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher because apparently they both submitted character letters to the judge in this trial and they asked Judge Olmedo for leniency when sentencing Masterson. And again, if you're a survivor of sexual abuse, I don't need to tell you why this is so gut-wrenching for survivors because you know. But if you are a person who just wants to be really supportive of survivors of sexual abuse, then I guess I can just relay it to you and help you to understand. This is one of the most heartbreaking things and one of the most traumatic things that you can do to someone who has survived sexual abuse or sexual assault of any kind. So Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis both wrote letters. And in the last few days, it came out that they wrote these letters. And they were basically praising the character of Danny Masterson, saying all the nice things that somebody would say about a person that they thought had incredible character and needed to be given a lighter sentence based on his character. Now, according to The Insider, Ashton Kutcher talked about how Masterson had a really admirable relationship with his nine-year-old little daughter, and he said they had traveled around the world together, they'd raised their daughters together, they shared countless family moments, and Ashton also added that Masterson is an excellent role model. Now, Mila Kunis wrote a separate letter, they weren't written together And she talked about Danny Masterson's family values, his role as a husband and a father. And she basically talked about him as nothing short of extraordinary. Those were her words in relation to him as a husband and a dad. And Ashton and Mila both praised Masterson's anti-drug attitude. He was credited for keeping both of them from doing drugs like the typical Hollywood lifestyle seems to be. Um, But because of their friendship, they said that they stayed away from drugs. He had an unwavering commitment to discouraging the use of drugs and that he would apply positive peer pressure by telling people that he wouldn't be friends with anybody who did drugs. 
And Ashton Kutcher also said in his letter that he was aware that Danny Masterson had been found guilty of two counts of rape and that the victims have a great desire for justice. But he asked the judge for leniency for Masterson based on his character. And he said, throughout our time together, Danny has proven to be an amazing friend, confidant, and above all, an outstanding older brother figure to me. And talked about how, you know, he would trust him with his son and daughter, one of the few people he trusts with them. Mila Kunis referred to him as like an older brother figure and someone of basically outstanding character. And I'm not quoting, but I am going to post a link to some of the articles so that you can read them if you haven't already. Now, this podcast is not meant in any way, shape or form to be like an attack on Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. A lot of people are attacking them right now. And I'm not saying that the anger is not justified because I read this and was really disappointed in both of them. I had that familiar feeling of, you know, victims not being supported, not being believed. And honestly, if you believed victims, if you believed what they had said, if you believed that they were telling the truth and that justice had been done when a jury found Danny Masterson guilty of two counts of drugging and raping women, then I'm not sure it makes any sense that you're writing a character reference letter to the judge asking him to be lenient unless you just don't think that rape is a big deal. And I don't know because I don't live inside Mila Kunis's brain. I don't live inside Ashton Kutcher's brain. And I'm not going to speak to their motivation other than what's typical in cases like this is somebody wants to support their friend. They don't want to see their friend go to prison for 30 years. And unfortunately, their character letters and the other 50 letters that were submitted to the judge. A lot of people were writing character letters um, in support of Masterson. And the judge basically didn't have any of it. And he told Masterson in court, you're not the victim here. And he went on to sentence him to 30 years in prison. He's not going to be eligible for parole until he's, I think, 77 years old, which is kind of crazy. Not in the sense that I think the sentence is is too much. It's just very surprising that given his celebrity and given how cases like this usually work, I mean, you can see someone be accused of rape and get six months in prison or is someone be not accused? I misspoke there. Someone convicted of rape and get six months in prison or not get any time in prison at all. So the fact that he received a 30 year sentence is a little bit crazy to me. Again, not crazy in the fact that it's wrong, but like mind blowing in a sense, because this is not something that we normally see. So the letters themselves that Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis wrote were disappointing enough and were hurtful to survivors of sexual assault and sexual abuse for reasons that any survivor understands. Um, But they came out because there was such backlash. You know, people, including one of the victims, were posting on X, formerly known as Twitter, and kind of just ripping them apart. And that's one of the reasons I said I'm I'm not here to attack. I feel like when all that you do is attack somebody, the lines of communication just kind of close. And it just becomes a fight for survival and nobody's listening to anybody. So again, I'm not here to say the criticism isn't warranted because I definitely think it is. I'm here criticizing as well. But I will say that when you just attack people and tear down their character based on something like this, then it just turns into a big fight where nothing gets resolved. Minds are not changed. 
behaviors aren't changed and everybody just kind of leaves angry and upset. And I think that in this moment, there is an opportunity to explain as survivors of sexual abuse. And you're not obligated to do this. You're not obligated to be a part of some solution where everybody can change. If you want to just be mad and yell and throw things like more power to you. But I feel like for me personally, this is an opportunity to actually speak to why this is so hurtful to survivors of sexual abuse, why it's so triggering, why it's so traumatic when you see these things happening and what needs to be done differently if you are serious when you say that you support survivors of sexual abuse. Now, Mila and Ashton came out with a video and they're actually receiving even more criticism for the video that they released. Again, people attacking on the platform formerly known as Twitter. I can't get used to calling it X people, I just can't. So I'll, I'll play a part of this for you and I'm gonna make a couple of comments. We are aware of the pain that has been caused by the character letters that we wrote on behalf of Danny Masterson. We support victims. We have done this historically through our work and will continue to do so in the future. A couple months ago, Danny's family reached out to us and they asked us to write character letters to represent the person that we knew for 25 years so that the judge could take that into full consideration relative to the sentencing. The letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. They were intended for the judge to read um, and not to undermine the testimony of the victims or re-traumatize them in any way. We would never want to do that. And we're sorry if that has taken place. Our heart goes out to every single person who's ever been a victim of sexual assault, sexual abuse, or rape. So there you have it. And some really terrible audio quality. And I apologize for that. But that is the general gist of what they're saying. And essentially, I take a couple of things from this. In the beginning, you know, it's we're aware of what's happened and that people have found out, basically. And we support victims. Mila takes a moment to remind everyone that through their work and historically, they have supported victims. And I will pause here and say that yeah, in especially I've actually not seen Mila speak out about like sexual assault, sexual abuse. I'm not saying that she hasn't. I just I don't follow them that closely. But I have heard things that Ashton Kutcher has said in support of victims. And he co-founded an organization that actually fights the sexual abuse of children. And it seems like they're doing good work. Um, it's called Thorn Digital Defenders of Children. They drive technology innovation to fight the sexual exploitation of children. And I will link to their website so that you can check it out and see the work that Ashton Kutcher is doing. So they're quick to say, like, you you know from our work that we support victims. And these letters were not intended to harm anyone or to re-traumatize victims. They were for the judge. And that was one thing about this that bothered me, that they kind of doubled down with these Letters are not meant to re-traumatize anyone. They were for the judge to read. And they claim that they're not questioning the validity of the testimony or the justice system or the conviction. They're not questioning the victims themselves. But I don't think that it's possible to take anything else from a character letter, begging for leniency for someone, talking about what an amazing person they are, and talking their character letters. And you're speaking to someone's character. 
And your character is actually who you are when nobody's watching. Your reputation might be amazing and great. And I'm sure you've heard the saying, like your reputation is what people see you do. And your character is what you're doing when nobody's watching. And so when you're speaking to someone's character, especially someone who has just been convicted of drugging and raping two women, it just seems a little bit like an oxymoron to me. We'll get to that in a second. They also are, I think, very calculated. They very purposely say that Danny Masterson's family reached out to them and asked them to write these character letters. And while we're complaining about people writing character letters, I told you before that about 50 people wrote character letters for Masterson, including other co-stars from that 70s show, like the actors who played Kitty and Red, and I don't know their names because I didn't follow that show that closely. I liked watching it. But anyway, Kitty and Red, they wrote letters, uh, character letters to the judge on behalf of Masterson as well. They're not as popular, and I think that that's probably why they're not receiving the same backlash as Mila and Ashton have received. But they're very quick to say his family asked us to write these letters. And I get the need to kind of defend yourself and I get the need to sort of deflect blame a little bit. But that it feels like a deflection of blame to me there where it's like, well, his family just asked us to write these letters. And so we wrote them and they weren't for anybody but the judge to see. But the reality is that what you're doing is affecting victims, whether you mean for the victims to find out about what you're doing or not. You are defending the character of a person whose character you might not really know that well at all. Because again, somebody's character is who they are when nobody's watching or who they are when only a drugged woman is there next to them. Those are the moments and those are the things that define somebody's character. So when you wax eloquent about the character of a person who was just convicted of raping two women, he was accused of raping three women. I just find this defense of the character of somebody who would commit these acts as a slap in the face of the victim's. And again, I don't think that they knew that these character letters were going to be leaked, but that's not the point. The point is, why are you writing character letters for somebody who's just been convicted by a jury of their peers for drugging and raping women? We support victims, they said at the beginning of their statement. But the reality is that if you write letters begging judges to be lenient in their sentencing of convicted rapists, You're not supporting victims. You're not. You're doing the opposite. And it doesn't matter if you have 53 organizations that you run that try and advocate for victims of child sexual abuse or survivors of sexual assault. It doesn't matter what kind of philanthropy that you do. It doesn't matter how many millions of dollars you give to the war effort in Ukraine. And I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just speaking as a survivor and saying that this is the reality. You can say all day long that you support victims, but what you did in writing these letters was the very opposite of supporting victims because it's not possible to beg for leniency for a rapist to claim this person's character is flawless, to claim that this person is a role model for everyone, to claim that this person did such a great job in keeping you off drugs. While, well, one of the things that people were infuriated about was their comments about how he wouldn't do drugs and he discouraged everyone else from doing them and he was such a role model in that respect. But the women that he is convicted of raping both say he drugged them. So I think the bottom line 
with these character letters is you cannot support victims and write character letters to a judge in support of an offender. Because when you do that, you're supporting the offender. And unfortunately, you can't support both of them at the same time. And I think that that's something that a lot of people, and I'm not even just speaking about like Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, but just in general, how humans behave, whether it's in the church, in situations of sexual abuse that we talk about a lot on this podcast, or whether it's out in the general public, you cannot support victims and perpetrators at the same time. This is not an area of life where you can be the neutral party. You cannot play Switzerland. And I would go as far as to say that Mila and Ashton were not playing Switzerland. They were just taking Danny Masterson's side. And again, I'm not here to attack, but I do want to be blunt. The character references in support of Danny Masterson, those letters and the words that they use to try and sway the judge toward a more lenient sentence, those were in direct support of a perpetrator, which is therefore in direct opposition of victims. You can't do both. You can't support victims and support a perpetrator at the same time. I do believe there are areas of life in general where you can be neutral. I do. I'm not here to say that there's never a call for being in the middle on an issue or trying to remain neutral in an argument between friends that you don't want to get involved in. This is not one of those situations. You cannot support perpetrators and victims at the same time. Full stop. You cannot do it. And I don't think that any argument can be made that a character letter asking for leniency is not supporting a perpetrator. It is. That is direct support of a perpetrator, and it is therefore direct opposition of that perpetrator's victims. So I think that we just need to put that out there and for people to just call it what it is. In this case, it's it's Mila and Ashton feeling maybe... I don't know, again, I don't live in their brains, that they owe the family of Danny Masterson something like, okay, let's throw him a bone here and let's write these character letters to the judge to get them off our backs. And I've actually talked to people who have been asked to write character letters, um, people in my family who are not in the advocacy world at all, but have seen situations of like a youth pastor accused of sexually assaulting a child and then having, you know, friends of his family come to them and say, hey, you really need to write a character letter to the judge, you know, for this guy because he's definitely not guilty. And, you know, I had a member of my family tell me this happened to them and that they're like, you know, I don't really know enough about the situation. So I'm not sure that I want to write that. And I knew a lot about the situation because I've been following the story in the news. I'm like, I mean, you do what you want because this is your life, but absolutely not. This guy is guilty. His excuses are just total crap. And I don't believe for a second that he didn't do what he's accused of doing. And so obviously, Being a survivor of sexual abuse, I see things a little bit differently than the way some people do if they've never experienced that or they don't have anybody close to them that's experienced it. But I can say in full confidence, you are actively opposing victims. If you write a character letter to a judge asking for leniency for the perpetrator who sexually assaulted them, that's it. So I also want to speak to the fact that Danny Masterson's family wanted Mila and Ashton to write these 
character letters uh, because they brought that up and I feel like it was brought up as an excuse. But you know what? That could be, in all honesty, a valid excuse because when it comes to criminal court cases, if somebody is sentenced, their family is desperate for people to help. And so I don't want to poo-poo that because I'm sure that that's partly true. But also, they've been friends with Danny Masterson for 25 years, according to what they said in their letters. They've been friends with him for 25 years. They're friends with his wife. Their daughter has grown up alongside his daughter. And that does make this a really complicated situation. But here's what is not complicated at all. Despite what the family of a perpetrator might want you to do, despite the denial that the family members, friends, the coworkers might be in, you don't write letters supporting a perpetrator of sexual assault if you are truly interested in supporting victims. And I want to say, because this is complicated, I mean, it's very simple in theory. So hear me when I say that. It's very simple in theory. It's very simple to say, support victims, period. Like, that's your job. Do it. Stop supporting perpetrators of sexual assault and sexual abuse and support victims. It's simple, but when it comes to somebody who's really close to you, somebody in your family, in your tight-knit circle of friends, somebody you've known for decades, who has always been this amazing friend to you, and suddenly all these people are coming out of the woodwork accusing this person of these heinous crimes. Yeah, that is a little bit more complex because it affects you personally. And here's what I want to say to speak to the fact that Ashton Kutcher is an advocate for child victims of sexual abuse. It is very easy to support victims of sexual abuse when they're not a part of your inner circle. And that might sound like I'm poo-pooing his efforts, and I'm not. Because any efforts to end sexual abuse, I'm going to cheer on. I said this when people in the last episode of Survivor Sanctuary, when people were furious about the sound of freedom and you know furious that these problematic people who believe conspiracy theories are trying to rescue children from sex slavery. Like I said it then in a completely opposite situation of this, and I'm going to say it again. People fighting sexual abuse should be applauded and supported. I think it's awesome that Ashton Kutcher is doing that. But my point is, it is very easy to support victims of sexual abuse when their perpetrators are not your friends. That's what I want to say. It's easy to support victims of sexual abuse when the perpetrators are these nameless, faceless people in other countries or nameless, faceless people that you think are the scum of the earth who live in their mother's basements and are downloading kitty porn. It's easy to support victims of childhood sexual abuse when you don't have any skin in the game. That's the point. It's not a hard thing you're doing. Everybody's going to support you in those efforts. Everybody's going to give millions of dollars to your organization. Your 501c3 is going to have the donations rolling in from your buddies because it's easy to support victims of sexual abuse when their perpetrators are not your best friends. They're not people that you have known for 25 years. They're not people who you vacation with in the south of France. Okay, I don't know if Masterson and uh, Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher ever actually vacationed together in the south of France. But Ashton Kutcher did say he traveled the world with Danny Masterson. So I'll say again, it's easy to support victims of sexual abuse when 
you don't have anything to lose by putting away their perpetrators. And that's where it gets really, really dicey for a lot of people. And honestly, that's where I would say that we find out who is truly supportive of victims of sexual abuse, whether it's Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, whether it's anybody in Hollywood, whether it's Red and Kitty from that 70s show, or whether it's your pastor or your youth pastor or your Sunday school teacher. You find out who your friends are when you come forward As a victim of sexual abuse or a victim of sexual assault, you find out who really cares about the sexual abuse of children or the sexual assault of people of any age. You find out who really cares when everybody's got skin in the game. I talk about Jimmy Hinton a lot on this podcast because he's one of the more well-known advocates for children who've been sexually abused. And so I mentioned him on the podcast, but I use him kind of as like the measuring stick. And I almost feel like it's a little bit unfair to use him as the measuring stick because honestly, I feel like the vast majority of us are not going to measure up. And that's not to put Jimmy on some like mountaintop as a hero. That's not my intention, although he is very heroic to a lot of people. But my point is that what he did in turning in his own dad to the police, what he did turning in his own dad to the police when he found out that his dad had been sexually abusing children for many, many years, was that is right there. That is someone who supports victims. It just is somebody who supports victims because they're willing to turn in their own dad. They're willing to fight for victims when one of the people they admire most in life has proven to be someone who is not of good character, which brings me to another point. Someone can do all the quote, good, unquote, in the world, they can be the person that to you is just the greatest role model ever. And Jimmy said this about his dad. His dad was his role model. His dad was the one who led him to the Lord. His dad was the one who inspired him to go into ministry and become a pastor himself. His dad was his hero. But when he found out that his dad had been sexually abusing lots of little girls, Jimmy didn't say, Well, Judge, I know that my dad is being convicted of sexually abusing dozens of little girls, but let me just talk to you about what a great character this guy has. You know, let me just talk to you about what an incredible human being he is and how much good he's done for the community. So if you could just not sentence him to that much of a sentence because honestly, he's just filled with guilt. That's not what happened. And this was Jimmy's own dad. So trust me when I say there are people out there who are faced with a dilemma that is far beyond the dilemma that Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis faced when one of their best friends in the whole world was convicted of sexually assaulting multiple women. I don't want to say that I'm not impressed by advocacy for victims of sexual abuse when you don't have any skin in the game. I don't want to say that because I do think it's admirable if you want to save children from sexual abuse. I do. Um, I think it's great. The more organizations that are working toward that end, the better. But I will say that I'm not impressed by that. I'm not impressed by it when there's no personal sacrifice that has to be made. And I think that that's really where you separate the supporters of victims from 
non-supporters or opposers of victims, because I really think that that's what you are. Again, you can't be in the middle on this issue. You cannot both defend rapists or defend sexual abusers and simultaneously defend victims. It's not possible. Those two things cannot coexist. They can't. They never will. But where you separate the men from the boys when it comes to sexual abuse and sexual assault is when you're faced with a situation where somebody that you love, somebody that you care about, somebody that you're close to or that you've known for many years, somebody who's never sexually assaulted you is credibly accused of sexual abuse or sexual assault, whether it's of a child or an adult. You just see it play out over and over again in churches and with public figures from Christianity, you see like people like Ravi Zacharias. It wasn't until he died and that a lot of people who were involved in the situation did a lot of work to kind of right the wrongs that people began to even see, oh my goodness, this guy that we worshiped in Christianity was not the person that he said he was. Because again, your character is who you are when nobody's watching. And if you are being the greatest person in the history of great people and you're being this fantastic dad. I mean, Jimmy could say that about his dad. He was a great dad. They had so much fun with him. He was a role model, somebody Jimmy looked up to. And he was simultaneously sexually assaulting children for decades. So a character letter for a person whose character you obviously knew nothing about is insane to me. Because you never saw Danny Masterson's true character. You never saw it if he was a rapist when you weren't watching. It's not like his character was amazing and then just, oopsie, this one time, two times, three times, who knows how many times. He slipped up and drugged and raped people, allegedly. That's not how character works. Danny Masterson's character is the stuff he did when he thought nobody was looking, when he thought nobody would ever find out. That's reality. So if you want to be known for supporting victims of sexual abuse, if you want to truly be somebody who doesn't have any interest in re-traumatizing victims of sexual abuse, then it's relatively simple. It's simple, but it's not easy. It's not. And I think that we need to acknowledge that. It's not easy to say, um, I was duped by my friend of 25 years. I I thought he was a great person. I thought he was wonderful. It turns out he was a rapist. I I was duped by my pastor. I learned so much from him spiritually. Turns out he was sexually assaulting children and ruining their lives when he was alone and thought nobody would find out. Turns out I didn't know his character. So what I'm not going to do, I'm not going to write a letter supporting him. Because to do so is directly in opposition to victims of sexual abuse. I'm talking about this story in general because it's in the news. I don't want to pick on Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, but it's just a perfect example because when I read what they'd done in writing those letters, those familiar feelings, they're just there. And as a victim of sexual abuse, I don't believe that everybody's responsible for my feelings or my triggers. I don't think that everyone has to make sure that nothing is ever said that bothers me. And that's not my point here. But for people who are claiming that they support victims and that they are not here to 
question the testimony of Danny Masterson's rape victims, that they're not here to question the validity of anything that's been said. Well, you know what? Asking for a lenient sentence is actually doing that. That's what it's doing. So I think that we just need to be honest. And whether that's in Hollywood or whether it's in your church, you can't support victims and perpetrators at the same time. Those two things, they don't mix. They're in direct opposition to one another. And they always will be. If what you're saying is, oh, I think this is a giant conspiracy theory and I think that these women made up that he did this and we believe him when he says that he's innocent, that's a different discussion. I'm still not thrilled about it, but it's a different discussion. But you cannot hold both those things as truth at the same time. That Danny Masterson has excellent character or that your pastor or your favorite missionary has excellent character and also your supportive of the people that they allegedly sexually assaulted. Those two things do not go together. So pastors, church leaders, even just church lay people, think twice before you ask a judge for leniency. Because part of the judicial system, and I mean, part of justice in general, is that there are consequences to crimes. Your decisions have consequences. If you make the decision to sexually assault someone, drug them and rape them, or molest them in the church nursery or at a camp or on a missions trip, if you make those choices, those choices are crimes, first of all, and there are consequences for them. That's reality. So let's stop begging judges to go easy on people who have done really horrific things. If your buddy, you know, stole a radio from Walmart, and you want to write a letter to a judge about his impeccable character. Okay, great. You know, because he's not out there sexually assaulting children or sexually assaulting grown women. You know, um, if you want to speak up for somebody who's committed some kind of petty theft or like a ridiculous like marijuana charge or something, you know, go for it. Knock yourself out. If you want to speak to someone's character and say, man, he's working on himself, he's trying to get better. Okay. But not when victims whose lives have been destroyed by what these perpetrators have done to them, not when their mental health and well-being is at stake. Stop doing it. So before I close, lest you think I am picking on Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher or picking on Hollywood. I want to remind you that one of the reasons this struck such a chord with me is this is something that we experience in sexual abuse cases within the church constantly. I want to read you a part of an article that's on netgrace.org. It's called Rebuking the Abused. It says, It's not uncommon for church members to rally around perpetrators who claim innocence or express a hollow repentance as the victim is ignored or even sometimes vilified. I remember being at a conference years ago where hundreds of child sexual abuse prosecutors were asked about their observation of pastors who came to court in a supportive role. Sadly, over two-thirds of the audience reported that pastors appeared in court to support perpetrators, not victims. 
This type of rebuke is illustrated by a friend of mine who was sexually abused as a child by a well-known member of her church. Years later, and after much counseling, my friend took the brave step forward and reported these crimes to the police. The perpetrator was eventually charged and convicted. When my friend arrived at the courthouse for the sentencing hearing, the pastor of the church whom she had known for years was sitting with the family of the perpetrator and never said a word to her the entire time. In fact, he never even acknowledged her. My friend was devastated. She found herself being rebuked by her pastor's public support of the person who had been the source of so much deep pain in her life. And I wanted to read that to you just to reiterate that this is something that happens so often within the church. And it's kind of been illustrated over the last week by Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, who have nothing to do with the evangelical church, as far as I know. But it's the same song and dance. It's just in a slightly different venue. But there is nothing that lets a victim down, like somebody who should be supporting them, standing in a supportive role for a perpetrator of sexual violence of any kind. So whether you're a Hollywood actor, whether you are the garbage man, whether you are a pastor in a church, let's support victims and let's support them for real, not just when we can give a little money to an organization that helps child sex trafficking victims across the world, but let's support victims when it costs us something, when it might cost us friendships, when it might cost us popularity when it might cost us financially, when it, any number of things like fill in the blank, true supportive victims takes place when you make sacrifices on their behalf. And that's just not what happened in this story. A perpetrator who has been found guilty by a court of law for sexually assaulting two women and who has been accused of sexual assault by another woman was supported by his family and his friends and people who don't want to believe that the persona that they got to see may not have actually been a reflection of his true character. And I want to give you a quick update because since I recorded this podcast and before it went to air, Ashton Kutcher apologized once again for his support of Danny Masterson, and he stepped down from his leadership position at Thorn, the anti-child sex trafficking organization that he helped co-found. So I think that that was the right move. I wish that it hadn't come to that. I wish that, you know, before he wrote a letter of support for Danny Masterson that he had thought how this may affect victims. Um, But probably given that it's already happened, uh, this is the right move for Ashton Kutcher. And I hope, honestly, that that they learn something from this. I know a lot of people are just saying they're completely inexcusable and they're furious. And listen, I understand some of the fury. Like, I, I get it. I'm, I'm a victim of sexual abuse. I know what it feels like for people to stand with my perpetrator. I know what that feels like. But I also know that sometimes people cave and they give in to the people who are asking them for favors, the people who are asking them to overlook things. And it's not right. And that's why we speak out against it. But I think that when people are willing to admit that they were wrong and take action to correct what they've done, that's a step in the right direction. 
And so I just hope that not just Ashton and Mila, but people everywhere learn from this and think twice before supporting perpetrators of sexual violence and sexual harm. And that's what I've got for you today on Survivor Sanctuary. Don't forget that you can be a patron of the podcast about to drop the patron only podcast for September and you can be a part of it if you become a patron of the podcast visit patreon.com forward slash survivor sanctuary thanks for listening to survivor sanctuary with me kelly downing if you found value in today's podcast please leave us a review on itunes not only will it put a big smile on my face more importantly your reviews will help make it easier for other survivors and survivor advocates to find this podcast Also, make sure you subscribe to Survivor Sanctuary wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can also join the conversation in our Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group. And for exclusive content, be sure to visit SurvivorSanctuary.com. Join me next time for another episode of Survivor Sanctuary. See you then.